2: Hello and welcome to NFL No Huddle, the podcast. I'm Brian Weber alongside Nick Ferguson, the former NFL safety. On today's podcast, we're going to recap the Falcons' win over the Bears with David Schuster of 670 to score in Chicago, plus the Lions' win over the Cardinals with Tori Petrie from DetroitLions.com. We'll also get a rapid-fire recap of the day's action with Nick's picks. But Let's kick off the podcast with my weekday NFL No Huddle co-host, Cordell Stewart, and his takeaways from week one of the regular season. Let's expand the conversation, bring in our good friend Cordell Stewart, my co-host on NFL No Huddle. Be sure to join us tomorrow, every weekday at 4 Eastern. Among our scheduled guests, the Hall of Famer Eric Dickerson and DJ Shockley, the former Falcons quarterback. Cordell, you know Nick and I want to start with Jacksonville. You know that's where I want to take you, but I'm going to be dispassionate. What are your takeaways from Green Bay, Seattle? Are you surprised the Packers defense has played this well?
1: Not necessarily surprised, but more disappointed to not see the offense of Seattle play a little bit better. Uh, You see Jimmy Graham, he wasn't really an intricate part of of anything in his offense. They looked like they tried to find him. It just looked like they couldn't find a rhythm to get anything done. Anytime you can contain a Russell Wilson within the pocket, not allow him to become elusive like we normally see when it comes down to not being able to find the guy down the field, you end up causing this team to struggle the way they did and, and and I have to be honest Aaron Rodgers went out today and, and had a solid day I think overall the defense played much better than we I think me, we may all anticipated seeing happening but you know that's a game where you know it was the first game of the season you have to travel on the road to to go in a hostile environment potentially may end up seeing these two teams playing in the playoffs But that's the type of game you would love to have a chance to see, which was the Seattle Seahawks and the Green Bay Packers playing with two of our best quarterbacks uh, in the game, especially in the NFC, uh, going head to head. Come week, well, week two rather, uh, week one, week one, week one. uh, But the 425 game, uh, which was, which is about as good as it can get when it comes down to seeing two guys going head to head.
3: All right, Cordell. Uh, Jerry Goff uh, we know what he was last year and uh, Jeff Fisher gets fired The Rams have a new head coach and Sean McVay youngest uh, head coach in the NFL and uh, a defensive coordinator who's 70 years old uh, and Wade Phillips but today they go out and play well they rack up 46 points Jerry Goff 21 to 29 306 yards one touchdown no interception can we expect this type of performance from this Rams team? And this is once again, it's No, no, Aaron Donald's in the defensive lineup, and they was able to go out there and create several turnovers. Can we expect this type of performance from the Rams
1: week in and week out? I tell you what, it sure would be nice to be able to see it from the Rams, wouldn't it? Well,
2: it'd be nice <laughs> if they sure. matched up against Scott Tolzien every week, or enough. He was a disaster—a <laughs> <laughs> pair of pick sixes.
1: Tell me about it. I mean. You know, you you saw a defense that was obviously led by a guru. Uh, that's Wade Phillips. When it comes to being able to grab a defense uh, that's been inept, uh, regardless of where he's gone, and turn them into something, I don't want to say overnight, but it's damn sure pretty close to saying overnight because this is a defense that we know under Coach Fisher was solid over the years that he was there. But today we saw them play. Uh, like they're trying to play for something, and they have a a, a feeling of let's just say newness, uh, uh, some new energy around there. And yeah, you talked about Jared Goff, Nick. Yes, I mean that's what we when you talk about having the first player taken in the draft, it end up being a quarterback. You don't expect to see any other quarterback throughout that draft to play better than the number one guy taken. You just don't expect it. Uh, yeah, and he potentially he ends up going to probably the worst team in the National Football League, but. Here it is. He had an opportunity to go out today. Really had a stellar performance Uh, when watching the throws that he made. It wasn't so much about the stats for me. It was just the throws that were being made by Jared Goff. And if you want to break off the stats, 21 to 29, 306 yards and a touchdown. I mean, whether it's crossing routes, uh, whether it's go routes, whether it's post routes, in cuts. I mean, everything was timing and everything was done off the play action pass. Brian, Brian, you and I on our show, No Huddle, we talk about, getting Todd Gurley involved with running the football. He don't necessarily have to have a 100-yard rushing day, but just get him involved in running the football to the point where now it becomes something the defense has to pay attention to. And if you could get some play-action pass going, that's when you can have your quarterback seeing those linebackers come up. Those windows down the field across the middle won't be as narrow, and I think that's what we had the opportunity to see for Jared Goff today, which was play-action pass, linebackers biting on some on the play-action hitting the ball over the top, down the middle of the field on some post routes, crossing routes, and he looked like he's a quarterback that belongs. And the the deer-in-the-head-like look is now look like he's just a a guy that's actually understanding how to drive down the highway. So he looked pretty good right now.
2: And you got to wonder how your good friend Chuck Pagano is doing spiritually, Cordell. You might want to call Coach Pagano. That was a rough performance on the road in Southern California.
1: Well, I give him a a call, send him a Bible and everything else that goes along with (laughs) it. He needs some help. You know, because, uh, you know, Nick, Brian and I went out to the owner's meeting and and we had the interview and I said, Coach, how are you doing spiritually? And so when I asked the question, Brian doesn't never let it down. So I figured if I send him something, (laughs) I at least got to send the Bible with the next question I would ask him. But, you know, he's struggling. And let's just be real honest, guys. If Andrew Luck was playing behind that offensive line, I think it would have been the same result. You're right. That offensive
2: line is
1: horrendous. It was horrible. I mean – the kid had no opportunity to do anything. As soon as his feet were set, he was getting hit. And then when he wasn't getting hit, because he was hit so much, he was looking forward to getting hit. So he could never get comfortable. Scott Tolzine, he could never get comfortable at all, all day. Uh, and, and let's just be transparent. It, it just was not a good look across the board. I mean, the Rams just basically ramshacked the entire game when it came to doing whatever it was they wanted to do defensively, scoring touchdowns, offensively scoring touchdowns. It just looked like a complete game for a team that, that seems as if they were prepared and ready uh, in a game that they didn't know for sure if they could win, but I think they found out how good they can be with, with how these guys play for one another, and that was good to see for this Rams.
3: Cordell, if I'm hearing you correct, you're you're giving a justification for the, the performance Scott Tozine actually put on tape. So you're not, if you're Chuck Pagano, you're going to stick with him because the offensive line wasn't that great instead of going to your backup and
1: Jacoby Brissett, Is that what you're saying? Well, again, what I said was you could put Andrew Luck behind that offensive line. It wouldn't have mattered. So wherever you go, you're in, the, you're in, the, you're in the, between a rock and a hard place. Like, what are you, we can get behind that offensive line. It, 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 you could put Tom Brady behind that offensive line. It just won't work. I mean, that many hits, that many sacks, that many pressures, it doesn't matter where you go. So if it's Scott Tolzien or the next man up or even Andrew Luck when he's healthy, it doesn't matter. It's just that bad for the Indianapolis Colts right now.
2: Taking you around the league with Cordell Stewart, my co-host. NFL No Huddle, weekdays, 4 p.m. Eastern. Monday is always our best show with all the fallout from today, and we'll track what's going on tonight on Sunday Night Football. It's official. Odell Beckham Jr. will not play with the ankle injury as the Giants match up with the Dallas Cowboys. All right, Cordell, before Nick and I take our Jacksonville victory lap, what do you make of what's going on under center in Houston? Tom Savage benched after a shaky first half. Deshaun Watson didn't play much better in the second half because the Jaguars came up with four turnovers. Postgame, Bill O'Brien would not commit to who's the starting quarterback. Remember, Cordell, short week. Houston on the road in Cincinnati on Thursday night football. Who should be the starting quarterback for the Texans?
1: Well, I would go with Deshaun Watson. Uh, You saw um, the inability of Tom Savage being able to elude pressure. Um, Now, here's the question. Uh, When you have players like the Calais Campbells of the world applying pressure off the edge and all the other defensive linemen, you mean to tell me that that may be what the Houston Texans may see for the rest of the year? I doubt it very seriously. I mean, this was a defensive front we saw by Jacksonville that we hadn't seen maybe in a very long time, going all the way back to the era in which Tom Coughlin was there. And just to talk about the Jacksonville Jaguars.
2: Please, we would like you um, to break down the greatness well, of the Jacksonville I mean, Jaguars. I, w- I
1: would love to because the the kid that ran the ball very well is the kid I picked to, w- to be the rookie of the year. And and I, correct me if I'm wrong on that one, Brian. I picked Leonard Fournette to be the the guy, and I basically said this about Jacksonville. I didn't go too far to say, oh, they're going to go to the playoffs and, you know, they're playing for the Super Bowl and didn't have one of the players on the defensive line saying we can be 16-0. The way they play today, if they can continue this, I'm not going to say they'll be 16-0, but they're going to scare a whole bunch of people when it comes down to playing them based on how their defense played and how we saw Chris Ivory and Leonard Fournette. But back to that offense. When we first started talking about Jacksonville, when Tom Coughlin got there, the number one thing I said was, was that they're going to establish and understand his identity in which how he coaches or even the presence he brings, which goes all the way back to the Natron mean business in that era in time to the Fred Taylors of the world. It was all about establishing a line of scrimmage and running the football. That's why the draft was made by Jacksonville to grab Leonard Fournette to help a Chris Ivory out, to help out Blake Bortles and try to find a, a, a level of consistency when it comes comes to imposing their will in the trenches. That's what you see with teams like the Tennessee Titans who end up losing. We'll get to that one later. But that's what you see in the National Football League nowadays where you have two-headed monsters of backs in the backfield. That's, that's finding ways to get it done, a la Atlanta Falcons and, and what we saw them to today almost end up losing that game. But play well enough to get a win on the road. You kind of get that one and get the heck out of Dodge if you can, and they did a good job of that. But when you look at this this, this. Jacksonville game, I I think, Brian, with our conversations we've had, I don't think it's too far from the truth of how it was broken down and what the approach was going to be, which was a heavy dose of Leonard Fournette, uh, Chris Ivory, hopefully just don't screw it up, Blake Bortles, they only allowed him to throw the ball 21 times. He was 11 to 21 through a touchdown, and the defense played good. I mean, Calais Campbell, he comes from from Arizona, and he just brings that energy next to um, Malik Jackson, And these guys look really, really good today. I must say that. They look very good today. They look like they understand what's what's trying to be accomplished, which on both sides of the football, control the line of scrimmage. And I think that's why you saw this team play so fast and so good today. So hats off to Jacksonville for being able to, let's just say this, be the best team in the AFC South come week one. No one ever thought we would be saying that, right? (laughs) Well, I've said it for the last
2: five years, so I'm glad maybe I have a chance to, being right, but it's only one game. Nick,
3: next well, one, Cordell. You know, if I'm not mistaken, uh, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers use the same blueprint. Uh, the Pittsburgh Steelers' their philosophy is play, you know, great, you know, football from the quarterback position, run the ball well, and play great defense. Now that that appears is what I what we saw today, or we're all admitting we saw today from the Jacksonville Jaguars. So, if that is the case, is it possible, knowing as though Andrew Luck is out. Uh, the only competition for the Jags would be maybe the Tennessee Titans. Could the Jags use the same philosophy and push his way through the playoffs?
1: Through the playoffs or trying to get to do something in a division to get to the playoffs? No, 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 no. I said through the playoffs. Well,
2: let's not get greedy. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm not going to.
1: I,
3: you know, that's why I have to, to ask that question,
1: bro. <laughs> hey, you're not me,
0: be,
3: you not making me jump on you. that.
1: Playoffs?
0: Right. <laughs>
1: One game at a time. Right. This is what I'll say. You know, it's easy become a prisoner of the moment. You know, that, that's a cliche thing to say when you come off of, off of some good victories, unexpected victories, I think, which was one we can say with the Jacksonville Jaguars of the day, especially how they did it. Uh, they had a, 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 a somewhat of a notion that that may be the approach they may try to take, which is run the football with Leonard Fournette, but they actually did it. I mean, he comes out, he gets, what, 24 yards uh, off of receptions, uh, and then he also gets a hundred yards when it comes down to catching a football out of the backfield. I'll just say this here. They play Tennessee next. Then they have Baltimore who had a, a, a tremendous win against uh, Cincinnati, which, which they just laid a true egg. I mean, that was a donut. Then they have the jet Steelers, the Rams who played really good today in Indy. I'll say this, the physicality that they brought to the table today, That's the kind of football they need to play. Let's just say this, just for starters, if they want to compete every single week. I'm not saying they're going to win because not every team is going to be as bad as, let's just say, Houston was today. I don't think Houston expected this to happen to them today. But Jacksonville, what what they brought to the table, you mentioned a couple teams. I know the Pittsburgh Steelers is one. I know the Dallas Cowboys is another when It comes down to setting the precedents up front. Tampa Bay tried to, but they lean more on Jameis Winston and his arm uh, and, and how he actually throws the ball. I know Doug Martin is there. I get that. I get uh, uh, Jaquez Rodgers. I understand that portion, but that's not really what they want to do. That's what they do because it's a great mix-up for Jameis Winston. But when you talk about what Jacksonville did today, that stuff can travel to any pole in the country, north or south, Any type of weather you choose to, and it can be played on a very high level because running the ball between the trenches is what you have to do. And Leonard Fournette today against J.J. Watt, Jadavion Clowney, the things he said during the preseason, that the National Football League is not that tough when it comes to running the football, he truly made it look like that today with how hard he ran. So I'm not going to say I agree with him. But either it was they were just that good on offense when it came to controlling the line of scrimmage and Leonard Fournette actually seeing it and playing like he believes that is not as tough as the SEC, or it just was really the Houston Texans was just off today and they just looked really awful to say the least, considering they were one of, if not the best defense in the National Football League going into the postseason.
2: All right, partner, we appreciate the insights. Get some rest. Monster show on the way tomorrow. We'll talk to you then.
0: Be good, guys. You're listening to NFL No Huddle, the podcast. And we'll be right back with more after this. Tune in puts you on the sidelines for the 2017 college football season free all year long. With college football on TuneIn, hear the home and away calls for more than 100 schools live, regular season matchups and rivalry games, conference championships and bowl games, the college football playoff in January. You can listen to it all for free at home, on campus, or in rival territory. Hear the excitement and pageantry of college football all season long, free on TuneIn. Welcome back to NFL No Huddle, the podcast. Here are your hosts, Brian Weber and Cordell Stewart.
2: We continue on NFL No Huddle, the podcast. Now let's recap the Bears' matchup with the Falcons with David Schuster of 670 to score in Chicago. David, we appreciate you taking the time. How would you sum up Mike Lennon's starting debut? Watching the game, he played well, albeit in defeat.
4: Yeah, I'd say actually from my standpoint, probably better than I expected. And probably I would say most Bear fans would say the same thing. For the most part, it was a conservative offensive game plan. Uh, But they had to open it up a little bit towards the end, and listen, he drove them down to the six-yard line uh, with a chance to win the game at the end, and there was actually a drop pass by Jordan Howard that could have been the game-winning touchdown with just seconds to go, but um, listen, you know, for not having played, obviously, very much over the last couple of years, I thought he was pretty decent. That all being said, I think it's an eventuality that Mitch Trubisky is going to be quarterbacking this team, but... For today at least, and, and probably for a while, I thought he played pretty decent like Glennon
3: did. David, Nick Ferguson here, you know, 23-17 to 17 victory about Atlanta Falcons who's trying to turn the page. But when you look at this overall victory, do, can we look at it and say, well, is it what the Falcons did or what the Chicago Bears did not do?
4: Um, well, actually, I thought the Bears played pretty well, uh, to be honest with you. Um, they got down even by 10 points a couple of times and battled back to make it a game. And like I said, they had a chance to win it at the end and it played them to a draw in the first half. I mean, obviously you got a team that, you know, went to the Super Bowl last year in Atlanta and the Bears won all of three games last year. And, and listen, to that. They're actually, they were actually worse than their record, believe it or not. So, You know, I just thought the Bears in their first game, and maybe there was a little bit of a hangover effect by Atlanta, they weren't the video game offense today like uh, we have been accustomed to seeing. Uh, Ryan did have 320, 30 yards when it was all said and done, but a lot of those were on broken plays in the second half by the Bears secondary, which is still a sore point of that team. So i got to give some credit to the Bears. I don't know how often I'll say that this season, but today at <laughs> least I'm I'm, I'm going to give them some credit.
2: Talking Bears with David Schuster from 670 to score in Chicago. David, throughout his young career, Kevin White has dealt with so many injuries, banged up again today. What can you tell us?
4: Shoulder injury, you know, and, and listen, you, you have a better chance of stealing gold out of Fort Knox than getting Truthful information out of the Bears or almost any NFL team. So it's a shoulder injury. We'll find out tomorrow. This guy is either uh, injury-prone or jinxed or I don't know what. I mean, he, you know, he's, he's hardly played. He was a top draft pick. Uh, Ryan Pace has made some good draft picks, but I'm not so sure in the long run this is going to be one of them.
3: You know, uh, David, you know, when we look at the Chicago Bears and especially in the backfield and the ground game, Jordan Howard he was a key cog in the wheel last year. Now another guy – Uh, Just burst out on the scene, Tariq Cohen. Talk about how his emergence can definitely help Chicago moving forward.
4: Well, actually, I I, I was thinking the same thing throughout the game. And, listen, we had a feeling he might be good, but, you know, in the preseason you don't see anything. And and they might have been holding him back even on top of that. But in talking to his teammates today, starting with them, they said they've been seeing him throughout training camp and certainly some of the practices behind closed doors up at Hallett Hall. And they marvel at, at what he can do. I mean, he's only, and I say only, and I doubt he's in 5'7", but that's what he's listed at. And he's listed, I think, at 180, but that's highly unlikely also. But he's got that it factor. Um, you know, he might And he got popped quite a few times, especially in the first half today, by guys who are probably 100 pounds more than him. But he bounces right back up each time. He's a tough kid. He's very fast. He's, he's very, uh, sh- what's the word I want to say, shady with his moves because he's got some moves. And if you see some of the highlights today, you'll see that. And he said at least a Bears um, debut record with, I don't know, it was like 170 yards total offense between uh, passing, running, and uh, also kick returning. So um, I'm not going to say that he's Gale Sayers just yet. Don't get me wrong, guys. But I think he's going to be exciting, and I agree with you uh, the fact that he can team up with jordan howard who's absolutely the antithesis of him jordan howard is big and strong and breaks tackles um that's a pretty good one-two punch at least out of your backfield
2: he's nick ferguson i'm brian weber spotlighting the bears with david schuster from 670 to score in chicago david we know john fox merely nine wins in his first two years on the sidelines back to back last place finishes If it's inevitable, we see Mitchell Trubisky, and that probably implies growing pains. How is John Fox going to be evaluated this year?
4: Uh, I think ultimately any coach is evaluated by wins or losses because this is year number three. And, listen, you know, he hasn't really exactly had a stack deck in his favor even the first couple of years. But, um, as Nate will tell you, I mean, you're ultimately evaluated by wins and losses, and I don't anticipate the Bears having – any more than five wins this season when it's all said and done. So 14 wins in three years just doesn't cut it, guys. And I I just think his time will come to an end after this season.
3: You know, David, you know, the big problem with Chicago last year and Big Bengio's uh, defense was explosive plays. You know, right now, today, they gave up two explosive plays to Austin Harper. You know, his longest was of 88 yards. How is it that they will be able, moving forward, to limit the amount of explosive plays that they give up in a game?
4: Well, those are both broken plays, and, and um, they might have both been by the same guy. For sure, the first one was by the safety quitting Dems. I mean, uh, Hopper, Hooper, rather, I should say, was at least 25 yards behind. Uh, Ryan was scrambling on that play, and I don't know if, if uh, the secondary was pulled in for containment. I'm not really sure what the call was in their huddle. But I do know that uh, their tight end was 25 yards, at least behind uh, the defense, all alone. And, you know, Ryan, I thought he was throwing the ball away. I didn't see anybody until all of a sudden it came down at the Hooper fans. And then he broke some tackles on top of that. So the Bears secondary was absolutely atrocious last season. Uh, They only had 11 uh, takeaways, which tied an NFL record for a low amount by a team in a season, which is abysmal. Um, So, I think the personnel is better than they were last year, but it's still a weakness overall. No question about it.
2: David, last one for me, pro football talk reported this morning, there was scheduled to be a pro Colin Kaepernick rally at soldier field. Do you know if that happened?
4: You know, I heard about it, but to be honest with you guys, I was so busy with something else. I I can't attest to whether it happened or not. Um, I, I, I'm, I'm not trying to cop out on the question. I just don't have a good answer for you.
2: No, I figured you might be in the stadium. David, thanks so much for the information. We know it's a long day, and we appreciate you taking the time to join us on the NFL on TuneIn.
0: Anytime, guys. You're listening to NFL No Huddle, the podcast. We'll be right back after this. Let TuneIn bring you home with TuneIn's local radio browse feature. Listen to live FM and AM radio stations from your home area as if you've never left town.
2: Spend the day listening to your favorite stations and hosts, local news and talk shows, and familiar voices that you've grown to love. Or maybe you're missing that morning drive show that gets you to the office. Your go-to hip-hop station with special guest DJs. Or maybe sports talk about your favorite team. Then catch your hometown favorites with local radio on TuneIn. With TuneIn, you can go home again.
0: This is NFL No Huddle, the podcast. Here are your hosts, Brian Weber and Cordell Stewart.
2: This is NFL No Huddle, the podcast. Now let's break down the Lions win over the Cardinals with Tori Petri from DetroitLions.com. Tori, we appreciate you taking the time. Wanted to tell you about the tenacity of Matthew Stafford after he threw the pick six. He bounced back with four touchdown passes.
5: Yeah, thanks, guys, for having me. I mean, I think we've seen this kind of stuff from Matthew Stafford all along. You look back at last year and all the comeback victories. Uh, They were comebacks because things didn't start off so hot at some point in, in the game, and he did that again today. You know, obviously you want to get to a point where you are starting fast, but he doesn't let those things get to him. And, and that's what we've seen from Stafford over and over. Uh, and that fourth quarter was pretty solid. Those two touchdowns to uh, Kenny Galladay, the rookie. And, and he definitely uh, was a classic Stafford in that fourth quarter.
3: Tori, Nick Ferguson here, classic Stafford. That's what we had an opportunity to see. But last year, this team wasn't able to muster any type of production on the ground today only 82 yards with a collection of so many players contributing. How can the lions turn this around and actually bring some balance to that offense?
5: Yeah, that's definitely something that they uh, need to improve on and are working on improving on. I mean, uh, getting Amir Abdullah and Theo Riddick back and healthy is a big part of that. They had both of them today, but still didn't have the run game that they want to have. But Arizona is a good defense, you know? um, So it's, you know, it was a huge test for them, and they're going to have to step it up in in coming weeks. That's for sure. Uh, but they were able to get production elsewhere and uh, and still come out with the win. But you, you do want to see more production uh, out of this run game, and I think part of that comes from this offensive line that has a lot of new pieces uh, getting them to mesh and. And, um, you know, develop their chemistry a little bit more because this is the, the first game of the season that they've had all all five of them out there. I mean, you brought in two free agents on the right side, T.J. Lang, Rick Wagner. and all those are proven guys. You know what they bring to the table. But then you have uh, Greg Robinson stepping in at left tackle and Taylor Decker said while he's out. Uh, so it is a new group up there that's going to take some time to get some chemistry going uh, but but I know that that's something that they're working on in future weeks.
2: Tori Petri from com is our guest on the NFL on TuneIn. Tori, we know that a year ago, Amir Abdullah was slowed by the foot injury, the dreaded Liz Frank issue. Now he's healthy. What's the outlook for him individually this season?
5: Yeah, I think there are high hopes for Amir Abdullah. I mean, they really feel like he can be the key to this offense. Now, we didn't see a ton out of him uh, today but you know the Lions got it done in other ways but I think that going forward uh, Amir Abdullah is expected to be a big part of this offense and uh, you know the success that they hope to have uh, because he is great whether he's catching the ball out of the backfield running the ball he's in the open field he can make plays in all of those different areas and then you have Theo Riddick alongside him who's uh, fantastic at catching the ball out of the backfield and you you see when they're both on the field at the same time there's um, a lot more uh, variety that this offense can offer because there's so much um, of the unknown for opposing defenses. When you have both of them out there, it's a lot harder to predict because both of them can attack you in so many different ways.
3: You know, Tori, last year we saw this Detroit Lions uh, team fight back in about eight games far as comeback wins. And a lot of that was due <laughs> in part because their defense could not really slow anyone down. They gave up 23 points today to the Arizona Cardinals. You know, Next up is the Giants, Atlanta, Minnesota. All these teams can take you deep vertically. What is it that this uh, Detroit Lions team need to do before they even get to that Giants game to make sure that they're not duplicating the same performance we saw today and not going back in the past as far as what we saw last year?
5: Well, the defense actually had a pretty solid game overall today. I mean, something that they wanted to improve upon from last year was turnovers are getting more takeaways and they got four of those today so that was huge I think every safety that played today got a interception and one of them was a pick six uh so that was a huge part of what kept the Lions in this game this first quarter of this game was not pretty for the Lions on offense on special teams there were gaps on special teams uh but the defense was really what was keeping them in it I mean one of one of the Cardinals scores today was uh pick six uh Obviously, that, you know, is attributed to the offense. That wasn't something the defense gave up. And then another one of the Cardinals' touchdowns was basically an almost garbage time at the end of the game there. Uh, so, you know, you you, you you can't put too much blame uh, from this game on, on the defense's shoulders, but they definitely wanted to improve in that area of takeaways uh, from last year. And they showed that today, that they were able to do that, and they kept this team Uh, in the game because they were able to make some stops and uh, Arizona had a chance to to punch in another touchdown in the first quarter, I believe it was, and they held them to a field goal and then there was a penalty on special teams that gave them a fresh set of downs and then they held them to another field goal. So Arizona had two chances there to to get another touchdown and they weren't able to do it. So um, the defense was a key part today and uh, I think that one of the areas they want to focus on going forward is getting a better pass rush. Uh, that was something they were able to do today. They didn't get a lot of sacks to show for it, but they did pressure Carson Palmer quite a bit. And that was a big question mark for a lot of us coming into this game was what is this pass rush going to look like uh, with Vigianta coming off of an injury and, you know, him, him having to shake off a little bit of rust. And, you know, they've got some suspensions uh, along the defensive line as well for these first four games. So a lot of us didn't know what this pass rush was going to look like today, and and it looked pretty good. So I think they're headed in the right track uh, track on defense. Of course, there's always things to clean up from week one, uh, but but they're on the right track.
2: He's Nick Ferguson. I'm Brian Weber, chatting with Tori Petry from the DetroitLions.com dot com website. Tori, last one for me. We know the Lions came up with a victory, but in your view, how much did Arizona lose this game? we were watching and Carson Palmer was a turnover machine with three
4: interceptions.
5: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, of course you can look at it from both sides of the ball. It's really just what perspective that you're looking at it from. Uh, You know, you could say that Carson Palmer put himself in position to, 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 to lose this game, but then the Lions also put themselves in position to get those turnovers. They were there in the right place. Uh, you know, Sean Robinson had a forced fumble, and the rookie linebacker Jared Davis' first-round pick was there to scoop it right up. So it, it's things like that that, you know, you have to be able to take advantage of the other team's mistakes if you're going to make them advantages for yourself, and the Lions were able to do that today.
0: Tori,
2: as always, we appreciate the information. Thanks for joining us again on the NFL on TuneIn.
5: Thank you, guys.
0: You're listening to NFL No Huddle, the podcast. And we'll be right back with more after this. Tune in puts you on the sidelines for the 2017 college football season free all year long. With college football on TuneIn, hear the home and away calls for more than 100 schools live, regular season matchups and rivalry games, conference championships and bowl games, the college football playoff in January. You can listen to it all for free at home, on campus, or in rival territory. Hear the excitement and pageantry of college football all season long, free on TuneIn. Welcome back to NFL No Huddle, the podcast. Here are your hosts, Brian Weber and Cordell Stewart.
2: Let's close out the podcast today with some final thoughts spotlighting individual
0: achievement. It's time for Nick's Picks. You're listening to NFL First and Goal on TuneIn. It's time for Nick's Picks.
3: To quote the great Eric B. and Roy Kim, don't sweat the technique. And what could be a preview of the NFC playoffs? Aaron Rodgers proves that round one goes to the Packers in the Justice League. 28-28 to 28 of 48, 311 yards, one touchdown. Here comes the verbal assaulter, rhymes running wild like a child in a walker. That's why right, I'm talking about Tyrod Taylor, 16 to 28, 224 yards, two touchdowns, and he added 30 yards rushing. And the Bills take an early divisional lead over the New England Patriots with the Panthers up next. Buffalo 21 to 12 over the Jets. I ain't riding no waves, too busy making my own waves. LeSean McCoy 22 carries, 110 yards, 49 receptions to boot beat the odds do numbers and remain humble i can get used to this that is Derek Carr picks up where he left off last year in 2016 22 of 32 262 yards and two touchdowns no roof so they can see me shine no roof so they can see me shine how fitting matthew Stafford, who recently inked a deal worth 50 million dollars as a signing bonus say what 29-41, of 292 yards, four touchdowns, and one interception. That is the late edition of Nick's Picks.
0: Thank you for listening to NFL No Huddle, the podcast on iTunes with Brian Weber and Cordell Stewart. Listen live weekdays from 4 p.m. to 7 p.m. Eastern by downloading the TuneIn app and searching NFL No Huddle. The National Football League is on. TuneIn, your everything audio app.